Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. And so last week we talked about being all in. Last week we talked about being all in. And we talked about uh, God giving us uh, a view of the two greatest uh, commandments through Jesus. He said to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And, uh, and we saw that that is a challenge. And we said that that was transitional in our small group uh, uh, curriculum uh, that God is wanting us to move from the knowing uh, or, 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 or uh, the knowing of him and transition into that aspect and that element of love in our lives. The aspect and the element of love in life. And so if you haven't yet joined a small group, you still ha- there's still time. We're, half- we're about a little less than halfway through. Life group, thank you, Missy. If you haven't joined, I tell you I'm drunk this morning. If you haven't joined a life group, there's still time because today what we're going to talk about is the most important thing that I feel in our Christian uh, walk and our ability to follow God is through knowing him, uh, is learning to trust him, but uh, loving is to learn to follow him with others learning to follow him with others. And this is foundational to our church. And so if you haven't been around for, so, uh, for long, or if it's your first time visiting uh, and you want to know what our church is about, we did not just name ourselves Northeast Community Church because we want to sound cool. But we believe that community is vital and is important to your growth and your walk with Jesus. No matter who you are, where you are, being a part of community is important. And listen, We've been doing this for five years, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be honest. I told y'all last week about some stories that we had in our community about certain people uh, 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 giving away everything from cars to kidneys and letting people live in, in, in their home with them and being a part of community. But even with that legacy of who we are as a church, and we started out of a, it was a small group, and now we call them life groups. When we started out of the life group, uh, there was, that I would give ourselves as lead pastor of our church, I would give ourselves a failing grade. I know it's hard to hear this morning. It's hard for me to hear this morning. I will give ourselves a failing grade when it comes to community. And we're going to start this morning, and we're going to read a lot of Scripture because we're going to, we're going to try and burst a paradigm in the Western church today. And, uh, you know, I often talk about the church in the West. I'm not saying that the church all over the world doesn't have issues or problems, but I'm going to talk specifically to our, one of our problems here in the West um, and uh, I'm going to talk about it in a way that I'm not trying to say that everything is bad. And we're, we don't have anything good going on. But I believe that we're missing something fundamental to our faith. We're, we're missing it. We're missing it. We're missing it big. About 20 years ago, I forget the guy's name. He wrote about a book. I read books all the time, and so I forget the author's name. But he, re- he wrote this book called Bowling Alone. Has anybody ever heard of this book? Bowling Alone. 20 years ago, he wrote this book. And what he was doing was he's, he was predicting that our culture and our society was moving to a way that we were becoming more and more individualistic and less and less communal. We were becoming more and more individualistic and less and less community oriented. And the church, listen, the church has an awesome opportunity to exemplify what God would have us to exemplify on the earth because we have something built into our DNA that nobody else, no other organization in the world has. No other organization in the world has. Well, we are unified through this strand. If you're a believer, if you believe in God, you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you, and the Bible said that you become a family, and now we are this global family. Yet in the West, we live like... We're individuals, me, mine, and ours. And so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to present a lot of scripture this morning because I need to burst paradigms. It's time out for bowling alone. It's time out for thinking that I come to church and I get my fix, and then I go home and I come back to church and I get my fix, and I listen to a podcast. I listen to my favorite podcast, and then on Tuesday, uh, I do a devotional with, 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 with somebody in my, in my job. But other than that, I live this other life, this separate life. This, 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 I got my church people and I got my other people's. And we're not living uh, in a way that God, listen, when you say evangelism in the church nowadays, people get people just get sideways. 
Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But when's the last time you witnessed to somebody with a full gospel presentation to tell them about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ? And many of us say, well, people just know about Jesus. People just don't want Jesus. Listen, there are a lot of people in our society now that because we're in a post-Christian society, they don't even know the full story about Jesus. And you have been given, you have been given this treasure. You have been given this information. You have been getting this wisdom and this knowledge and this new way of life. And we just go through our life waiting for our, our, our death date. And we try to get as, most out, as much out of our life as we can. I'm going to climb the ladder of my career. I'm going to date the right person and find the right spouse. I'm going to live in the right neighborhood. And I'm going to do all this kind of stuff. And we don't once, a lot of us, and I'm just being honest, a lot of us, we don't think about Jesus on the regular. It's a Saturday evening going, I got to go to church tomorrow. And it's time out for that. And if you want to go on Christ, and I know many people who show up and listen to me on a weekly basis, you got to want Jesus to sit through this. But if you're not living your life in the context of Christian community, and it's so ironic, it's so thin in here today when I present this message. If you're not living your life in the context of Christian community, I'm telling you, you're doing it wrong. So that's why a lot of scripture this morning. It takes me a lot of time when I, when I have allergy days to get to the point, so I'm getting to the point. Jesus gave possibly the most profound prayer ever, and he prayed for NECC. Okay, I'm, being, I'm embellishing a little bit. He prayed for the church, but we are part of the church. This is his prayer in John uh, chapter 17, starting in verse 21. He's praying that the church will be sanctified. In verse 21, he says that they may be one, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And so he's talking about this oneness of the church. Watch this. He says, the glory that you have given me, I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. And so he's talking about this unity in the church that is unprecedented. But watch this. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. You underline anything in your Bible, underline perfectly that they may be perfectly one. Anybody believe that you're perfectly one with the rest of the body? This is Jesus' prayer. Now watch this. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Listen, the way that we live in Christian community, the way that we love one another is the most awesome display of the gospel message ever. Because the world naturally divides. I don't have to tell you that the world naturally divides. We got so many categories now, it's crazy. You can fit into any group you, are, you ever want to fit into because of globalization and the Internet. You can find some crazy people just like you in some corner of the world, and you can say it loud, I'm weird and I'm proud. You can join Facebook groups and, and, and message boards and, and, and things, and you can get into this niche group of people, and then you begin to identify yourself as that person. But here's the thing about the body. The body is made up of all different types of people coming together for one purpose and one cause. And so now what the body does is I can be a Democrat sitting next to a Republican and loving Jesus. I can be black sitting next to white and loving Jesus. I can be Asian sitting next to uh, Hispanic and loving Jesus. And, 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 our, and our people, centuries ago, we had a war. There was a civil war between your country and my country. But now because we love Jesus, we family. And the world needs to see that. You know, people come to me all the time. They say, man, I love this church because it's so diverse. And, but you're the only one seeing it. You're the one showing up. You're inviting friends. Like, who else is seeing this? And it's easy for us to come together for a couple of hours on Sunday morning and say we're diverse. We got people who speak different languages, and we got people from different countries, and we got this in the church, and it's beautiful for two hours on Sunday morning. And you ain't never seen the inside of the other person's house. You ain't even seen the inside of Chili's together. And I love Chili's, so if you want to invite me out to Chili's, I go. 
No place else. And it's built in, it's steeped into what Jesus had did. He said, listen, I'm growing all people from all cultural groups, from all different backgrounds. I'm bringing them together, man and woman. And we got that stuff going on. And the world is trying to divide us. The world is trying to say, they don't respect you. They don't recognize you. And, 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 and we have it built in here in the church. And that's what Jesus prayed for. Now, let's fast forward a little bit. Jesus prayed that prayer. I think it's a powerful prayer. How do you think it turned out? It's Jesus praying after all, right? How do you think it turned out? Let's fast forward a bit. Jesus had been crucified and he's resurrected. The church has started going through persecution, as a matter of fact. And we're going to look at the book of Acts 2, verse 41. And this is actually the place where we get the concept of life groups from. This is actually where we get the concept of life groups from. Can somebody help me out with this AC? Anybody else call? Y'all turn the snowballs on. I'm like, whoo, I can't even think straight. Can you help me out, Chris, please? Thank you. Y'all cut it. If y'all cold in the back, y'all cut that on. I mean, y'all hot in the back. Y'all do that up here. It's another. I'm right under. I'm sorry. Rabbit trail. Let's go, Sean. And so Acts chapter 2, verse 41 says, So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added to that day about 3,000 souls. Pause. He went from, Lord, pray that they will be one until this this, this particular sermon in the book of Acts. And he said 3,000 people that day were being baptized. Now, that might not sound like a lot nowadays because we live in a globalized society, and we live in cultures. We have these great big cities, and we just, you know, it it, it ain't like it was back then. But 3,000 people were significant in one day, one sermon. Even by today's standard, if I preach and 3,000 people were to show up here, we couldn't even fit them in this building. 3,000 people were added to them that day. And watch this. It didn't say just, 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 just they're added. It said their souls were added, right? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Now, listen, this was a communal society. I'm not asking y'all to give me y'all bank account, okay? I'm not asking that. But at minimum, give us a little bit of your time. Somebody say, I ain't give it to you anyway. I'm a hacker. I know how to get in your bank account, I'm playing. I'm not asking for just $1,000 and God's going to bless you. That's not what I'm saying here. But they had all things in common. And surely if they were given everything, they were given all they had. They were selling properties and bringing it to the church. I'm not saying do that. All I'm saying is give us a little bit of your time. Can you hang out with us instead of binge watching 17 seasons of a show on Netflix an entire weekend? And social media is the worst infraction because what it's done is it's given us this sense of community without community. I know all about all y'all. I be cyber-stalking y'all. Don't friend me. I'm looking. I be walking up to people, how your grandbaby doing? How you know? You put it on social media. And so we have this sense of community without really having community. And so we can, we can, we can have the luxury of being lurkers and, and, and looking in other people's lives, but we don't have that one-on-one personal contact with one another, and it's killing and it's damaging the church. We're having drive-through fellowship. Well, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to do that uh, Fifth Sunday thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay about 35 minutes. You could have you saved your gas. I don't know about going to no small group. You know, people get all in your business. That's the reason. You need somebody to be in your business because you're out here trying to live your life all by yourself and you're, and, you're, and you're buffeting your faith. I come to church, I get a hard word, and then I get, I'll go over here. I like him. He preached me happy. And then I go over here and I listen to this podcast. It tell me how to live single. And then I go over here and this tell me how to raise my kids. And so you're putting all this stuff together and you're Frankensteining your faith and you're doing it all alone and you think you're really doing it and you think you're really going, growing closer to God. And then you hit these walls and these seasons of life and you can't go no further and you wonder why. Listen, God has given us a specific environment for the seed of his word to go down, and it germinates in the context of community. Outside of community, it doesn't work. 
you throw a seed on this concrete right now, it's going to be just a seed on the concrete. But it has to grow. Faith has to grow in the context of community. I'm not finished yet. Verse 45. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as had any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. They were fellowshipping together every day. I'm not even asking you to come hang out with us every day. But we'd be lucky if we get a Sunday encounter. If you show up every third Sunday, oh, I'm a member. You ain't been here in six weeks. That's my church. That's my pastor. No, I'm not. I, when, I haven't had a chance to talk to you. And then when you call me and we talk and we correspond, I tell you something you don't like, you run to the church down the street. I'm sorry. It's still fresh for me. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten text on Sunday morning. I'm not bitter. Yes, I am. I'm not bitter. Yes, I am. Sunday morning, I'm never coming to that church again. What did I do? And do you think you could have told me after church? I'm getting ready to preach right now. And then I reach out to him and it goes radio silent, like, you don't even want to talk to me no more. And we were just fellowshipping great two weeks ago. So what happened in that span? We are in a culture. We are in a society where we shop and we're consumer. And when I no longer want that, I move on. Verizon went up $15. The cost is too high. I'm going to AT&T. 24-hour fitness. I don't like their machines over there. I'm going to Gold's Gym. They're not playing my song. They're not my kind of people. I'm going to the church down the street. Now, listen, if the church down the street is a valuable, invaluable body, believers, uh, uh, see, I'm drunk right now, and they love Jesus, do that. I'm not trying to hold you back. But what I'm saying is, are you running? Every time things get hard, you run. That's why you're not growing. I done preached all over this sermon, and I haven't got into it yet. Watch this. I'm passionate about this, y'all. I'm passionate about this. And then when life starts falling apart, let's get the elders together and let's pray. And I'm not saying we don't pray for you, but you haven't been involved. And that's why God and God is trying to draw you closer to him. And he does that in the context of community. And I'm going to show you that this morning. I gave you two scriptures already. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus prayed for this to happen. We saw it happening in the book of Acts, and it was taken off like gangbusters. The church was growing. People were saying, they turned the world upside down. These Christians, and they weren't rich people. They weren't rich people of influence. They had some people, but most of them were just poor folk, and they were going, and they were, and you saw the power of God moving, and all this stuff was happening in the community, and, and, and nations were changing. And by the way, under persecution. So they wasn't on social media just blasting everybody. They weren't just on the street corner just with a bullhorn. Turn or burn. They would have their head on the stake if they did that. But they were sold out and they were following Jesus. And the Bible says the church was just growing like wildfire. And I'm going to ask us this morning, what happened? What if they believed then that we might not believe now? Did they believe that Jesus was real and that he was calling us to something higher and he was calling us to look like him and reflect him. And watch this. Remember, it wasn't that far off that this man had been killed. And it wasn't outside of the scope of their imagination that they would be killed for their faith. And yet they were meeting in homes and praising and worshiping and, do, and taking the city by storm. What happened? And we think, and I'm passionate, I'm sorry, I'm just going to preach as long as I want to this morning. Look, and we think just because we got some good sermons that people are just going to turn because we said some good stuff. The world got some good stuff to say. Google some stuff. You'll be like, ooh, that blew my mind. And so the gospel is foolishness in comparison to the, 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 the intellectual minds of the world. And we think we're going to come with these little weak arguments. And people are going to just want to be saved and people are just going to want to follow Jesus. It's got to be more. It's got to be more. All right. I'm calming down. 
what did we see? We saw a movement, and God's mission was being accomplished, and it fell apart. I don't know where it fell apart along the way, but somewhere along the way, Christianity fundamentally changed. It changed from being a part of who we are to a thing that we do, a thing that we belong to, a social club, if you will. And when people from the outside would come in and they didn't talk like us, they didn't act like us, they didn't say things like we said, they're like, you got to change if you want to be a part of this. And if you look at the text, you don't see that nowhere in the book. Nowhere in the book do you see people say, you know, change the way you talk and change the way you walk and change the way you dress and change the people you hang out with in order to be a Christian. Find it for me. I'm waiting. I heard, I know it's crazy. I heard somebody say you can't wear flip-flops in church. Tell me what Jesus was wearing if he wasn't wearing flip-flops. <laughs> Might like your kind of flip-flops. Don't be showing your toes in church. Toes, Reagan, toes. <laughs> don't, don't. What, what you in here with them open-toe shoes for? What you think that? Jesus was a sinner then. We be doing some crazy stuff, y'all. Y'all know we do. And we don't know why we do what we do sometimes. We just do it because somebody else did it, somebody else did it, somebody else did it. And I believe, I believe, even historians will believe that church became, started to become individualistic in the West, and then there was this other stuff that happened as well, but it became with the revivalists. And we all say, we want revival. Go back to the old revival days. Well, that's where individualism actually began to start. Here's why. It wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but what happens in cultures, we start swinging pendulums. Like, so you be in this extreme, and you try to self-correct, and you try to go, and then you go to the next extreme, and then you got to go back, and you try to self-correct, instead of just staying in the middle with Jesus. And so what we do is when we start to put formulas and plans around certain things sometimes, we want, not only do we box in the spirit, but we don't allow people to, uh, we, we don't allow God to do what God's going to do. And then sometimes there's some bad benefits to, I mean, there's some bad repercussions instead of benefits to what we're doing. And so with the revivals, what they used to do is they, they, there was an outpouring of the spirit and we got to control all of this. And I'm not saying that the church shouldn't try to bring some order to some stuff and all these people were coming. And so they started having these things called altar calls. See, some of y'all thought altar calls have been around from the beginning. Jesus wasn't doing no altar calls. And so you give a sermon and you say, anybody who want to come, you come down here. And what they would do is they would try to get these public declarations. And so what they would do is they would have people to examine their hearts. And it started to move, as the historians would say, it started to move from this corporate thing that the, body, that got, the Spirit was moving in the midst of the body to this individualistic thing. And again, you should, be, you should examine your heart when you come to God. You should do that. But it became so uh, just, 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 just we, we, we got to check your fruit and we got to do this. And so when the revival started happening, this was when all this individualistic stuff start happening. They will approach what they would call the sacred desk. And they were coming, they were tarry for the Holy Spirit to fall. And they were doing all these things. And it became about me instead of about us. And that's when the church began to stumble into this place and this space of individuality. And here's the thing. In order to be the most fully like Christ that you can be, you have to do it in the context of Christian community. Don't tell me how spiritual you are if you're not in Christian community. C.S. Lewis says it this way. um, Have you ever had a couple of friends and you got one friend, this might be your bestie, this your girl, this your homeboy, and when y'all get together, like it's always a barrel of fun, right? But when this other friend comes in and gets involved in it, the three of y'all together, it's like, whoa, like, like, like the, the, the relationship goes to another level, right? Because Stan might bring something out in our other friend that I can't bring out in that friend. And so when Stan comes around, I'm like, oh, look at Stan now. He don't act like that when he's around me, but when we're around the three of us, we cut up together, right? Y'all ever see that? Anybody? 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 Right? And so sometimes you be hanging out with that one friend. Sometimes, be honest, you hang out with that one friend because the other friend, you don't really want to be but anyway, when y'all come together, it becomes something different when it's just the two of y'all than when it's three of y'all. And sometimes it's when you got multiple friends, it's four or five of y'all, y'all a team. And when y'all all get together, turn down for what? <laughs> right? 
Because it's one friend he brings to the table, he might be the funny one. And he might be the one, and like, you're like, man, you should have been with us last week. Man, that would have been funny if you did that last week. And then somebody else, they might be the one to keep y'all out of jail, right? You know, you got the other one to keep y'all out of jail, right? And you got all these elements of these friends, and you know more about that friend through that friendship than you do through your personal friendship with that friend. Now, if that works that way with friends, how do you think it works with God? Like, I got people in my life, in my Christian community, that when I'm around them, I see a different side of God than I see when I'm by myself. Because they're wired differently than I am. But what we do is we say, no, we only want people around us like us. And so you only see one side of God. Ever been in a, listen, have you ever been in a church where, like, the pastor is like, he, he's, he's an evangelist. He is an evangelist, and if you ain't out there winning souls, something wrong with you. Like, he is like, 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 in every Sunday, like, we're talking about evangelism again. Okay, we're talking about evangelism. Okay, okay, we're talking about evangelism. Like, he, he's just gung-ho on evangelism. Or you might have another one. He's always talking about the wrath of God. He doesn't know about the grace of God. And he's always talking about the wrath of God. And the whole church is just angry because, see, we need different elements in the body so that we can see the fullness of who God is. Sometimes our cultures play into it. Not to say that culture is holy and culture is not redeemable. But what I'm saying is sometimes based upon someone's culture and where they came up and the way that they are, you can see something different about God in them than you see about yourself because you had a different upbringing. And God knows this. That's why he created us as a body. As a matter of fact, he says we are a family. Anybody got a family in in, in the room bigger than two people? If, is any of your kids the same? No. And all of those kids are uniquely beautiful and uniquely different, right? And then some of them have some elements of you, and some of them have other different elements of you. I can remember uh, 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 somebody saying something about that one is just like you, and I, and I can look at my boys, and I can see, like, he's like me when I was between this age and this age, and he's like me when I was younger. Right. And so they both got different elements. I mean, they got different elements of Anne-Marie as well. And so to get it all together in the fullness of who God is, we got to get together in Christian community and we got to allow our gifts to operate in the body. Because everybody ain't going to be able to get up here and teach on Sunday morning. It's not going to happen. Ain't got enough Sundays in the month. Everybody's not going to be able to do everything, but you can step into the context of a Christian small group. Life group. And begin to do life with other people. And listen, just because you're a part of a life group, and I'm gonna get this in a second, and you say, Oh, he probably preaching long. Let me see what. Put, let, me, let me see my screen. Can you tip it? Ten, no, I'm not talking to you. Can you put up that, that first slide that first slide up, please, Shahada? The image. There we go. All right, I got it. All right. And so listen, we talked about no, we talked about the communion with Christ. And now we're in that love community, learning to follow him with others. I wish I could do this all by myself. Like, literally, I'm an introvert. Listen, if I could follow God all by myself, I would. I love y'all, but no, nah, that's okay. Y'all just get in my way. Y'all would just get in my way. But it's beautiful, as, even as we sit at the table as elders, and we're talking and stuff, and I can just, I, I can kind of know if we present something to talk about, I kind of know what Dean is. I, I, I know Dean's perspective because of the way that Dean is. Dean is a people first person. Like, Dean is a people person. Dean is, Dean, like, you're at Dean's house, he's making sure everything is all right. And so I'm talking about stuff, and Dean said, hey, have you thought about this? And it's always people-centric. I'm like, oh, okay. Got it. And Ryan is more kind of, like, Ryan is, Ryan's a program. He bought a book. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Does it make sense? And we need all that at the table. Because me, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> Y'all going to be like, he changed it again? I'm like, hey, hey, I, fe- I felt it. I don't know if it was a spirit or not, but I felt something. And so you get around the table and, and we begin to, to talk and discuss and, and, and we begin to pray. And listen, I'm becoming more like, Ryan, based on the time I'm spending with him, I'm becoming more like Dean based on the time I'm spending. They're becoming more like me based on the time that we spend together. And listen, I'll never be at the fullness of what Dean is, but I can get a glimpse of it. I can get a piece of it. So some of y'all be saying, listen, um, what all that got to do with me 
this morning? I'm glad you asked. Community is the key to spiritual growth. Community is the key to spiritual growth. I got ahead of myself in my slides, but watch this. I put these slides together about the one another's. You can do a cursory search through the Bible. This is not exhaustive, but this is about the one another's. Go ahead and do the clear all and then do it. Sorry. There we go. Thank you. If you go through the scripture, go through the text. And I have scripture reference there too. And if you guys want this, I can, I can put this on social media someplace later. Uh, you don't have to try to, you, you get a cramp trying to write all that. But watch this. Look at what he's telling us to do. Love one another. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Accept one another. Instruct one another. Teach one another. Admonish and comfort one another. Warn one another. Care for one another. Comfort one another. Serve one another. Bear one another. Use kind words towards one another. Forgive one another. Encourage and build up one another. Do good to one another. Exhort and cheer and challenge one another. Pray for one another and confess your sins to one another. Show hospitality to one another. Show humility to one another. Listen, share with one another and submit to one another. How can you do that if you're doing it all by yourself? That's a cursory throw through the New Testament. You can't accomplish your Christian faith without one another. And when you get in your small groups this week, you're going to go deeper into that, but you can't do it without one another. And watch this one. This is, the, this is one that I like, the one that he said, what well, we shouldn't be doing to one another. He said, stop fighting the gospel and slandering one another. Mm-hmm. Stop being fake and hypocritical with one another. Stop provoking and envying one another. Stop lying to one another. Don't be a stumbling block to one another. Do not speak evil against one another. Do not grumble against one another. Oh, Lord Jesus, we got some work to do. And that's why I say knowing God is learning, I mean, uh, uh, loving God is learning to follow him with others. We have to learn to trust God and follow him with others. And you can't do that by yourself. And you're wondering why you're not growing. Listen, our faith cannot be, well, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to add to my faith those things that I need to add to my faith. So I'm not, I, I, just, I, just don't need a, I just don't need a life group right now, so I'm not going to do that. I don't need to evangelize right now, so I'm not going to do that. I don't need to Bible study right now, so I'm just going to do that. I don't need to come and serve because I don't need to do that right now. Listen, it's not a, 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 a buffet. It's all a part of who you are, all of it. Discipleship and, and, and fellowship are not mutually exclusive. They're, in, they're one and the same. And as a matter of fact, you're discipled in the context of Christian community. And we're going to talk about this next week about spiritual gifts. Some of you run around here talking about you got spiritual gifts. And when you get in the community, the community is going to tell you. <laughs> I made somebody snort. Listen, you, you got something else. I see what you got. You got something else. We're going we to get that out, but maybe not that. Well, God has gifted me. He's gifted you. Like the Bible tells you, he gifted all of us, but maybe that ain't your gifting. I, I, I became a believer in my mid-20s. Well, got baptized at 13, but I began to walk in my mid-20s. And I joined the church and, you know, quickly I became a minister and a youth pastor and all these kind of things. And, and I thought I was living uh, this, 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 this life that was growing, right? But it wasn't until I got into a community of believers and people began to see the things inside of me and allow me to, to see things inside of them and go deep that I, I felt like I wasn't even a Christian before. Like it was that pivotal to my walk. And I guarantee you, listen, it's funny. We'll try to fit ourselves. We're round pegs into a square hole, square peg, round hole. We'll try to spit ourselves into those things because we say, well, this is what everybody else is doing. And listen, if everybody was just being honest, we realize 
that God probably ain't called none of us to some of this stuff. I have many people in this room right now. You've been church hurt because we've had the conversations. You've been church hurt, and you've been church hurt because you was at that church for seven, eight, nine, ten years, and then everybody looked up at once and go, what are we doing? What are we doing? Because we weren't in the context of community, and we weren't steering the ship. We weren't steering our, uh, what God is telling us to do. We weren't moving in, in, in the way of the mission. And we got up, and we were like, we, man, I don't spent ten years. And now I'm frustrated because I, I feel like I lost 10 years. But we're all coming together. And I was teaching this class. I told you about the class last week with the guys, ex-cons, uh, programming. And every, nobody knew the answer, but everybody act like they knew the answer. You ever been there? You ask. I don't know. You ask. Them. You got it? Oh, yeah, I got it. 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 You turn your back and what, what, what's the answer? <laughs> it's like that in the church except nobody's. Turn around and going, I don't got it. This don't make sense to me because we're not being transparent with one another. We're, we're not being in community with one another. We're, we're not confiding in one another. And so I'm sitting there going, well, you know, well, Reagan get it. I, something wrong with me. And so I just go and I pray harder. I got before my text. Okay, watch this. This is where we're going to land today. Romans 12, 9 to 13. We're going to exegete this, we're going to take communion, and then we're going to go home. Let me say, they did a lot of scripture today. Got to, because we got to tear down some of our ideology. And some of you, as we're talking right now, you're trying to talk your way out of community. I can do it on my own. I don't need nobody in my business. I don't need no, okay. Another five-year cycle. This is how we're supposed to be in Christian community. Watch this. We know Romans chapter 12 is my favorite. I always talk about it. I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy to God, which is a reasonable act of worship, right? That's 12, 1 and 2. Watch this. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slowful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. This is the soil. This is the ground that your faith will grow. But you got to do the work. This is in the context of Christian community. Watch this. Verse 9, it said, let love be genuine. Listen, let your love be authentic. Don't let your love just be lip service. Somebody said, I'm from Missouri. You got to show me. I'm thinking it might be a love song. Show me. I don't know. I'm going to make it up right now. Show me. Don't tell you love me. Don't bring me flowers. Show me. You like that standing, standing one down at the iTunes right now. You got to show that you love. Don't sit here and just give lip service. And don't just try to love people the way that you want them to think that you love showing them love. He said, let your love be genuine. Listen, we got to spend some time here. Don't be walking around with these masks and calling it authentic Christianity. Don't just be showing up at your small group and you get an answer, okay, uh, so uh, what, what do you feel like Jesus is saying right here? That he's going to come back? Good. That's a great answer. Anybody else? Anybody else want to share? Mm-mm. Soon smile group over. Man, you said game last night, man. <laughs> LeBron went off. Girl, I was at Nordstrom. I got this shirt, girl. Yeah. He might know how to in there. Yeah. And we say had a good time in small group because we fellowshipped. But when it came time to being authentic and allowing God to move in the midst of the conversation, we be, mom's the word. Mom's the word. Well, you know, you can pray for my sister. We got a prayer request. You can pray for my sister. You know, she got the gout. <laughs> What's going on with you? Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
man, this promotion at work. Let me pray for that. What's going on with you? Hmm, dog sit. <laughs> and we wonder why we can't go deeper. Listen, church is the place to not be okay. Making doctor's appointments, showing up to the doctor and saying, what's the matter with you? You got to figure it out. That's why I pay you for. Doctor said, well, die with your fool self. That's what we do. We show up in church. And we say, how are you doing today? Well, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I asked how you were doing today. How are you doing today? Well, I just started this Bible study in Romans. And, man, it is so deep. Let me tell you what the Lord is speaking to my heart. How are you doing today? Can you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And we wonder why we can't go deeper. We wonder why we can't grow. Because, listen, I guarantee you. Now, 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 now I'm going to put this out there. I'm not saying that you spend your whole small group and it's just kind of like a, a, a pull me party either. I'm not saying that either. But who are you being accountable to? Who are you being accountable to? The Bible tells us not to be wise in our own sight. Well, I don't need all that. And some of you right now, as I'm preaching, you're you saying to yourself, I don't need all that. I know how to read the Bible. I know how to approach God. I don't need nobody to tell me nothing. Keep doing it with your fool self. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm serious. You keep living your life that way, thinking that you don't need nobody else, and you hear God just like everybody else. The Bible says that that's recipe for destruction. That's recipe for the de- de- deception. Because you're bringing all that you bring, all your... Ed- Listen, have you ever been wrong? Amen. If ain't nobody else going to amen, Autumn going to amen. <laughs> have you ever missed God? How long did it take you to figure out that you missed God? I saw a meme the other day, and this is... I, I, I don't want to be racist, but that's all I mean the other day. It said, black folk don't ever tell you when you're going to miss your exit. They just tell you after you miss your exit. You ever see that? You pass the exit, they go, where you going? <laughs> you could have told me 0.5 miles ago I was going to miss my exit. We don't even give people the opportunity to tell us we're missing the exit. And God did it intentionally. He didn't give us all the gifts. He didn't give us all understanding. He, did, he, he said that we should seek wise counsel. And so we be out there just, we just out there on our own, doing our thing, and then wondering why God ain't doing what he said he was going to do. Because he said, I told you that it happens in community. I'm going to move on. Y'all got the point, right? So take off the mask. Take off the mask in group. Take off the mask in prayer. I don't know, some of us, we just, we, we just feel like God going to beat us across the head if we don't know. We need to run, and be, run before us throne of grace. God, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, God. Help me. I can't see my way clear. God, help me. And I guarantee you, God, God will begin to tell you to start looking for other people in the body. Seek out people who've been walking along with you, longer than you. Seek out people who are wiser than you. Watch this. He's also going to tell you to seek out people who aren't far as long as you. You know what? I, 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 it's crazy. We got kids in our church who just got out of high school last year who are discipling younger kids. And at first, it was just kind of like nobody else. Y'all, y'all were scared of teenagers. We're like, we need somebody to come on Sunday nights. We're like, listen, teenagers crazy. Right now, so we have now, we have high school kids. I mean, they're in college now. College kids discipling middle school kids. And that's they, they, I, I don't know, but I heard, I heard like they, 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 they discipling them. Now, if you ever try to disciple a middle schooler, oh man. <laughs> that takes a lot. And so surely if, Young folk can be doing it and seeing the value in doing it. Why can't we? Because I think we feel like we don't have nothing to offer. And we feel like it should happen in the context of from the stage, and we got to give a whole lot of different words. And, and, and listen, that's just not discipleship. That's not what God calls discipleship. 
It's life on life. It's making the casserole and just showing up. I don't make casserole. I don't know. Make a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I don't know what you make. Make it. It's inviting somebody out to coffee. It's hanging out with someone. Hey, I like playing basketball. You like playing basketball. Let's go play basketball together. And as we play basketball together, let's do life together. And let's talk about the things uh, of God while we're doing it. And you're learning as you go. It sounds, I know, it sounds too simple to be true. Because we'd rather go to the big church. You know, this is my size. But I can slip in. I can slip out. I can do my thing. I can show up. I can get a word and go home, be miserable, come back next week and do it again. And you're not growing. Because God has given us all gifts. We're going to go deeper into that next week. Um, he says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another with showing honor. Watch this. Love each other with brotherly affection. How many people in this room love, they, love their family members? Like your brother. Some of y'all be like, I don't know. I hate my sister. <laughs> I grew up in one of those neighborhoods. Listen, and some of y'all did too. Somebody mess with your brother? Let your brother come home with a black eye and you was there. And you say, Mama, what happened? Mama said, what happened? Man, that dude just punched me. You were there? Hold on, let me get the story in a minute. What you do? (laughs) Well, you know, he was bigger than both of us. Listen, I'm going to tell you what's bigger. Go out there and get that switch off that tree. We were gang-banging in third grade. (laughs) Don't mess with our family. We had a big family, too. Don't you? Listen. Listen, he was wrong, mama. I don't care. Don't let nobody touch your family. Right? And that's a little skewed. I get that. But the idea was right. We are family. You lay your life down for family. Listen, he said, when you become a part of the body of Christ, you become family. Right? I got a Venezuelan sister. She's a braid in her hair doing church. Look at her. <laughs> Crazy as I'll get out, but I love her. Projects. Love her. Right? We're family. Why don't we spend time with one another? Why don't we spend time with one another? I'm serious. Why don't we? Because we don't believe we're family. We don't believe we're family. God said, it's exactly what you are. Verse 11 says, do not be slowful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. And I think this is really where church just began to kind of, we miss it. Don't be slowful in your zeal, but fervent in spirit. That word actually implies this boiling. It's this boiling on the inside of you, fervent in your spirit and towards the things of God. And it gets contagious when you're around other people who are fervent. Anybody barbecue with coals? Right? What happens when you put them coals and you put them in like the little briquettes? You put them inside. Some of them we got a tin. Some of them we just make the little pyramid. And what happens? You know, they burn hot. They burn hot together, right? You, you knock one of them off over there to the side. What happened? It doesn't have the ability to keep warmth or keep fervent or keep boiling. Why? Because it's outside of the congregation of coal. Listen, there are people in this community who needs you, and you're sitting on your gifts, and you're asking God, God, do this, and God, show up, and God, do this, and God said, do what I tell you to do, and then I'll show up. Listen, God wants to show up in the midst of you being a part of community. I just don't want this to be one of the hard lessons that you hear, and then we just go back to being, well, I don't, I don't, I don't like people. Guess what? You're not going to get closer to God if you don't like people. I literally have heard people, man, God has called me to the nations and I'm going to and I'm on a, and God going to do all this stuff through me and with me. And I'm asking, well, who are you in fellowship with? Nobody. (laughs) 
you miss how God works. God himself exists in the context of community. Think about that for a second. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He exists in community. Jesus called 12 disciples, but there were 77 outside there, and then he had the three. He exists in the context of community. And the ones that were in the three, they got more than the 12. And the 12 got more than the 77. And the 77 got more than the multitude. And so you got to make up your mind. Do you just want to be in the crowd? Listen, here's the thing. If you're in the crowd, doesn't mean that God is going to smite you. That's a good word, smite. He ain't going to smite you. But you're going to keep a crowd-type relationship with God. You're going to keep a crowd-type relationship with God. Time and time again, he talks about the body. You know, I've had people yell at me, holler at me about, show me the Bible where it says you should be a member of the church. I say, I don't know where it says you should be a member of the church. I know where it says you should be a member of the body, and the body is the church. You don't say nothing in church about no, 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 church membership. It says member of the body, the body of Christ, which is the capital C church. But I can just do it on my own. Go ahead. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue with you. But that is an arrogant, listen, that is an arrogant, that is an arrogant way of looking at life. That God has given you everything that you need in order to survive and walk this way. And what it tells me, if you can do it on your own, you probably ain't doing nothing. You got to say amen, you can say ouch. He says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and constant in prayer. And this is where people push away. And this is where some of you are pushing away in your mind right now. Listen, you've been in community before, and it was messy. Ministry is messy. I've coined that phrase. I don't know where I got it from, but it's mine now. Ministry is messy. What they say, you can't make scrambled eggs without breaking some eggs or something like that. I don't know what they say. They say something. Something is said, Reagan. You can't do it. Ministry is messy. You are not going to have a manicured life. You're going to get dirty. Jesus got dirty. And I'm pushing away from community because I don't want no part of it. People, I mean, you know how people are. Yeah, you're one of them. Good, bad, and ugly, what God is telling us to do in the context of community is rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Listen, when you're in some crazy relationship, it'll teach you how to pray. But the very first scent, the very first hint of adversity, we go, "Mm mm-mm, I'm going to the church down the street. And guess where that adversity is going to show up? That church down the street. Then I go, I'm going to that bigger church because ain't nobody going to know me. And you go to that bigger church. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying anything wrong with bigger church, but you go to that bigger church where you can be anonymous and you can just listen to the podcast because it's nice and, it's nice and neat in your, your world until you get along with yourself. You go, it's messy here too. As long as we're on this side of death, it's going to be messy. It's going to be hard. And God is telling us to persevere and be consistent in prayer in it. And I'm asking today, I'm asking today, listen, this is a big ask. I mean, I had to put that K on the end of it because some of y'all will be like, what do you say? <laughs> he cussing the church. This is a big ask. Roll up your sleeves and dive into the context of Christian community. That's a big ask today. Last week, I asked you for all your money. No, I didn't. We still didn't pass the plate this week either. This week, I'm asking you, dive into Christian community. Don't be on the perimeter. And I guarantee you, God will begin to move in your life and in your heart in ways that you can't imagine. And sometimes it'll be through the person that you least expected. 
You ever meet somebody and you like, and ain't much to them. And then you start talking to them and you go, whoa. I wish I would have known this three years earlier. I would have hung out with them three years earlier. Because we judge based on these external things and we don't know what God is doing. And we don't know what God, how God has created their narrative to fit with our narrative. And we show up to the first mile group and we're looking around the room, I mean life group, and we're looking around the room like this. These ain't my people. Don't know what's wrong with them. Try it and see what God would do. Verse 13, last verse. Here's the one. He back on money again, y'all. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. I'm not talking about money. I was just joking. Some of y'all got nervous. It says seek to show hospitality. The word hospitality actually is the same root word as hospital. Hmm. Seek out the stranger, the text actually says. Seek out the stranger. Listen, in the context of Christian community, listen, you can do better evangelism in the context of a Christian community than you can do on your own. I've seen it happen time and time again. Invite people over to a fellowship, to your life group or whatever's going on, and people are hanging out. And then, These are your church people? Got to make sure you got the right church people, though. <laughs> I can hang with them. And they ain't down the doors of them church in 27 years. They come to the door because they're like, y'all are different. We were doing this one community outreach. When we did a fifth Sunday. We were at, uh, it wasn't this food pantry. It was a food pantry before. And uh, we, as a church, uh, we had the great, bright idea to get 25 of their most needy people, and we bought we would do grocery shopping for them. Remember that? Anybody remember that? And so anyway, I was hanging out with this group of ladies at the table, and we just hanging, and they just telling their jokes and cussing like sailors, and I'm just all up in there. I'm like, hey, okay, I'm a part of it. And the lady said, why y'all pastor? <laughs> <laughs> and somebody say, there he is right there. She said, you? Well, she cussed again. I said, okay, give her a. <laughs> hey, I'm glad I can be one of the group. You had like Jesus was hanging out with people and they were, they were just saying nice words when Jesus came around. Hey, man, put the beer up. Jesus is here. <laughs> but that is a testimony to you being amongst the people. And it's easier to go amongst the people when you go with more than you. Because Jesus' homeboys been there. They're like, Jesus, you know where we at? Jesus, you know what kind of woman that is? Jesus. They uncomfortable the whole time. Jesus, can we go back to the prayer meeting? Well, listen, there's a world out there that's lost. There's a world out there that's hurting. There's a world out there that's hungry for Christ. And, uh, and, and listen, listen, the package that we've given them up to this point is not satisfying the world. Now, I know some of y'all theologians say, well, we ain't going to satisfy the world. We're going to do well. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I get that. But listen, we got to change our bait. And the Bible says that they will know that you belong to me by how you love one another. And we're trying to reach the world, and we're not even trying to reach within one another and love one another. We so caught up in Sunday morning. Let's fight for this little bit of space that we got that we can argue and let's make some influence here. Listen, listen, make it out there. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be funny. We can, we can maintain this church, this size, for a while. It'll just happen. People come, people go. People come, people go. People come. You just got you to re-beat. Nah, nah, that was almost bad. Listen, the area of town that we're living in, it's growing so fast and rapidly that people will, listen, people tell me all the time, I say, how you find the church? I just put church near me. We joke about it at the elder table sometimes. We say, man, like, like we've been trying to mess this thing up, but people keep coming. We don't advertise, really. We don't, like, we don't really do a lot. We're going to start doing some of that stuff. We don't really do a lot of that. And listen, people are going to come because the, a, a city this size is growing at this rate. People are just going to come. And we can maintain 65, 70 people. Like, it, 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 it just is what it is. It's going to happen. And so maintaining that 65 or 70 people and just doing what we do here, we'll be all right. But if that 65 or 70 people We'll go out there. And again, this is not about bus budgets and buildings. It's not about that. This is not about us trying to grow the church so we can do more stuff. Listen, if we were 150 members, I'd be preaching the same message. 
If it were 500 members, I'd be preaching the same message. The only difference is I'd be saying, okay, we need to plant another small community someplace else so that they can impact the community the way that we want to impact the community. And so if you want to roll up your sleeves, and even if you don't want to roll up your sleeves, roll up your sleeves. This is the way God's going to grow you. I'm not going to give you a prosperity message. I'm not going to give you a five easy steps. I'm not going to say if you just do this and if you just pray. And listen, that happens when we just start making stuff up. The gospel is easy. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. When I was looking in Deuteronomy the other day in 30, Deuteronomy 37, if you look at the Ark of the Covenant, I'm like, ah, love God, love others. <laughs> I don't need you to be deep with me right now. I don't need you to act like you've been floating around all morning as you were making your breakfast before you came to church this morning. I don't need you to act like that. Show me how you're loving God and loving others. Show me, show me, show me, show me. We're going to take communion. <laughs> One more thing before I take communion, though. Come on. I got, this is a story. I'm, I'm telling it, and then we're going to go on. You know, often people come up to me sometimes when I preach out and I do stuff, and people come to me, I get their heart. I get their heart. Man, God is, God is going to grow you, and God is going to send you, and man, I see, I see this, and, I, and you're seeing all this stuff in my life, and I have no desire for it. Because that's what we think church is supposed to be. If it's a good church, it's supposed to be like, like, like 700,000 members, Right? And we're supposed to have a podcast, and we're supposed to have, and again, we'll do some of that stuff, but that's not, that, that's not the focus. We're not just gathering people just to be gathering people to a personality. Listen, I would rather have been asleep this morning. I'm just honest, I woke up, I was achy this morning. Listen, it's not about a personality, but it's about growing in a space where God, where God can move. And that happens out there. It doesn't happen in here. Let me take that back. Some of y'all say, God do be moving in here. Yes, he does. But you know what I'm trying to say. The big movement. We're not just trying to rearrange uh, uh, chairs on the deck of the Titanic. We're not just trying to borrow members from the ministry up there because they mad at him. There are people in this world that need to be saved. Listen, the people at the mother churches, if they're saved, they're going to heaven. Amen. There are people who are lost who are not going to see heaven. They're going to miss it. The Bible teaches that hell enlarges, that they're going to bust hell wide open. And what are we doing? Listen, if this is about that, if it was about this, I guarantee you I sleep in this morning. If I'm going to heaven and my ticket is punched, why, why, why would I do what I do? Why would you do what you do? Think about that for a second. You woke up this morning. It was colder this morning than it was two mornings ago. Some of y'all car had to roam up a little bit. Some of you didn't want to get out of bed this morning. Some of you barely made it. You have to get up on a good Sunday morning. Get dressed, put on clothes. Some of us had to shower. But just about going to heaven, stay at the house. The game for to come on in a minute. Listen, hurry up, pastor. The game for to come on in a minute. Don't say for real, wife. What are we doing? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta leave our impact in this city, on this earth. And we need you. God needs you. I need you. NECC needs you. You need you. Lord, I pray that they will be one, totally one. And so, Lord, as we take communion, I pray that you would let that sink in to the hearts and the minds of those who heard the word this morning. that we're supposed to be on mission and that the body 
of Christ. It's the greatest force on the earth when it's mobilized. We take a message to the world. We take a message out there about a resurrected Savior who loves us deeply, who loves us intimately. And your word said here, and he's torn down the walls of hostility. Well, people from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds who will be at odds and ends with one another should not be anymore because you died for them. And most of all, God, our sins that separated us from you. have been blighted out. And now we can approach you and experience you and love you. And we can understand that you show up in others. So, Father, have your way today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.